0: Lessons Lived podcast. Hosted by Michael Puente. What would you teach the world? Hello and welcome to the Lessons Lived podcast. I'm here with Matt Caresco. He's the founder of Primal Goods Co. and he's the co-host of the Modern Cavemen podcast. I know Matt to be an expert and even an overachiever in the art of living well. And by living well, I mean living a truly satisfying and healthy life. His podcast and company offer a ton of excellent information on how to live more healthily and more connected to what matters to us as humans. Matt's going to talk to us about two lessons today. He's going to talk about the importance of creating space in your life. And secondly, he's going to tell us about the importance of finding balance across all dimensions of life. What's up, Matt? How are you doing? Good, Mike. Thanks. I'm... uh... I'm stoked to be doing this with you, man. I'm excited to see you. Matt's also one of the very nicest human beings I know. Oh, God. (laughs) That's true. So tell me a little bit, before we get into the lessons themselves, tell me a little bit about your background and who you are.
1: came from like a pretty normal family living in the Central Valley of California in a bigger city, Stockton, but a really small community. Kind of a conservative background or a family background, I Mm -hmm. guess. Sure. And when I left home is when I, you know, I guess like most people, you start to really like grow and experience new things. And I didn't really have a place in the world or I I didn't know necessarily what what my calling was Mm -hmm. until I had, like I told you, an an experience when I was 14 years old, freak diagnosis with cancer. I broke my back in a football game and in football practice, got an MRI and the doctor's like, yo, you know, you have a compression fracture, that sucks, you're not playing football this year. But also there's this big mass in your chest which, yeah, yeah, led to this whole kind of cascade of events. And it got me really, really interested. I mean, once everything was kind of said and done and I was in remission and back on my feet, I got really interested in making sure that something like that didn't happen again. Mm. You know, I didn't really believe that it was a freak accident. I figured that there was something in my life or some series of events in my life, whether it was physical or environmental or whatever it was. Talk
0: about the cancer, not the accident.
1: Yeah, the cancer that caused that to happen in me. And so I became really, really fixated on finding ways to make sure that that wouldn't happen again. Mm. And I don't know if that was really an acute direct path for me thinking like, okay, I need to make sure that I don't get cancer again. Maybe I realized that in the past couple of years, but it was really thinking, just wanting to be well and make sure that I was gonna be well. And for the most part, I think the human body wants to be well. Mm. And if you put all these conditions to be well, it's gonna be well. You start throwing the weird shit in there that I think the body will stray from that path. What's the weird shit? You know, it could be not enough sleep. It could be getting weird light. It could be too much stress from business or stress in relationships or, you know, not taking care of the body and and training or moving around or getting outside. We evolved to be outside and live these pretty simple, active... Humans are really, really good at that, right? Right. And we stopped doing that like a couple hundred years ago and all this weird shit started popping up. Hmm. So getting back to that, that's been my main thing is to get back to that sort of, you know, quote unquote, primal lifestyle. And I think that's where we achieve the highest level of wellness and where we feel and perform the best and conserve those around us the best.
0: So what are the things that you do now to to live that lifestyle?
1: One of the biggest things lately is getting uncomfortable. Hmm. I'm so comfortable all the time. right? And I think it's good for us to not be comfortable. I mean, like, you know, you're at CrossFit and it's like, you get that hour of putting yourself in extreme physical discomfort. Yes. But what about being cold? If I'm ever cold in the car, I turn the, you know, I turn the <laughs> heater on yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and now it's like literally select the temperature. I'm like, you know, 75 is a little too warm. I think 73 would be perfect. You know, it's like.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a little, it's not just push it towards the red or towards the blue. It's like you're dialing in at a specific temperature.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and it, we're so comfortable all the time. So now I have to program in periods of discomfort. I'm like, all right, I'm getting in the shower and I'm taking a cold shower purely to be uncomfortable. So my body has to be like, we still got to fight a little bit in this life, you know? Right, right,
0: right. I guess your body's made to be able to manage those extremes and temperature discomfort. And if we never push the body to get there, then we're going to lose that capability.
1: Yeah, stress is really good for us. Even, you know, in training, it's doing cleans is not really good for you it's damage right Mm. but that response that it causes is where we get the benefit and it's the same thing with getting really cold or getting in the sauna like i'm gonna do later and get get really hot other things lately i've been really interested in light not getting blue light at night Mm. okay again we evolved with this very fixed photo period Mm -hmm. you know it's light when it's light and it's dark when it's dark and now at 10 o'clock at night, I can open my computer and flash myself with solar noon light. All these hormonal processes that are going on, your body's like, holy shit, is it noon? I thought we were making the hormones to go to sleep <laughs> and relax. And right. now the light's here, what do we do? And it's becoming a more popularized theory that light is the culprit for a lot of modern illness.
0: Right, and I was just thinking even, even fire, like when you're by the fire, it's not blue light.
1: It's-, it's not. And that's what Kelsey and I have candles all over. Yoni recently moved. And this guy gave me a ton of candles. Mm-hmm. He was like, what do you want? You know, he's like going through trying to get rid of all of his shit. And I was like, I want your candles. So we have right. candles now at nighttime. We'll like light candles all around the house. Mm-hmm. And if we have to do so I mean, every now and then we want to throw something on Netflix. We put on our blue light blocking glasses.
0: And those are hardcore with the light stuff. And you know, <laughs> we
1: really are hard. I think it's normal. Right. But people come over to our house like, what the fuck are all these candles doing in here? It's like, you guys got some kind of ceremony going on later? No, this is just it's Wednesday.
0: <laughs> Interesting. All right, so we got sleep you mentioned being uncomfortable and the light Mm -hmm. anything else since you are like literally an expert i consider you anyway an expert at this kind of wellness sort of practices
1: yeah i mean those are the big ones and then moving around
0: Uh, exercise
1: always move around and i think exercise can mean a lot of different things i got really into different domains Mm -hmm. you know whether it be crossfit or yoga or whatever it is i think just Moving around. Humans have been moving around since
0: we the entire life of our species. Right, well we had to for it's only now that we don't actually have to.
1: Yeah, we used to have to like actually get food. Right. Um now you can just kinda like push this little buggy around in Whole Foods and swipe your card and it's there, it's ready oh, for you. Oh, and if you can't handle
0: that, you can just order it on your computer and the will show up. I know, so right? Exactly. Make that effort. That's so we're,
1: interesting. We're in a weird time in history where we have to program in struggle. Mm-hmm. Normally you'd be working out getting your food. You'd be like hiking through the woods and foraging for shit and trying to kill some big animal. And even, you know, like cutting that animal up, it's like hard to cut through flesh and hauling that meat back to wherever you're going to eat it. So now we have to do CrossFit to mimic that. And then you order the, you know, the tri-tip to your, (laughs) to wherever you're sitting after your workout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I think those are the big ones. Being uncomfortable, moving, eating well. I mean, that's been beat to death though, right? We all know that.
0: Right, But what's been described as eating well has changed over the last 30 years Yeah, from the low-fat, high-carb disaster that we were told in the 70s and 80s and 90s until yeah. now. It's flipping like what it means to eat well. And I guess it always meant, if we read between the lines, eat whole foods mm-hmm. and don't eat too much, right? Yeah, But yeah, eating well, for sure.
1: And just eating things that people probably would have normally... Imagine if all these buildings and everything weren't around us, what would people here probably be eating? Right. You know, meat when they could catch something, a lot of veggies, things that are growing around them. So I try to eat, you know, we have like a little garden. We try to eat the local things that are in season mm-hmm. and the things that keep well, nuts and stuff that you can hang on to for a little while. And that's it. It's pretty simple, right? Right. And then every now and then I, you know, crush some gelato because
0: gelato's <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because right now we have this trend towards convenience. But what, what you're describing is a life that's actually more simple. You know, it's convenience, but it's very complicated. If you go behind the scenes to get the food to the grocery store, it's a huge enterprise, a lot of moving parts, all this stuff. So it's not really, it's convenience at the end consumer level, but all this other efforts has gone into it. Yeah. And what you're describing is a simpler
1: life. Yeah, try to be. And it's not always that way. It's easy to get nuanced and and caught up in these things. And I tend to go really, really far down this. Like I said, I eat gelato because that's a good way of bringing it back too. You know, like, all right, at some points you are living in 2019. Sometimes my girlfriend wants to go out and have pizza for dinner. Sometimes we want to watch a TV show late at night and eat some ice cream. Sure. And that's about like one of the lessons that you mentioned is creating that balance. I have a tendency to to go really far down certain roads. Mm -hmm. When I get into something, I'm all in. That's what I want to do. And I'm going 100%. And it's really easy with this health and wellness thing, especially now and in California, in the Bay Area, you could take it really, really far. So it's me like trying to draw back and say, okay, I can be a 10. And I love how you gave like a a number rating. Well, we didn't do that on tape.
0: We were talking about these lessons uh, right before we got on tape, an exercise that I had done in the past, which is categorizing each of your kind of dimensions. So relationships, spirituality, intellectual life, money life, or however you want to define the big categories in life where you, you want to find how well you're doing on these categories. So these are categories that are interesting to you. And you put them down on a sheet and then you just rate them on a one to seven scale, how well you're doing, one I'm not doing well, seven you're doing great. And you put that down at time equals zero. And then you see where you have a gap in terms of where you want to be. And then you work on that gap for the next three or four or five, six months. And then you do the rating scale again. And maybe something else has dropped because there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, And we were just talking about before we got on tape about ways that we could actually quantify this. And,
1: yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I noticed it not quantifiably, but if I'm really, really far down the health and wellness path and I'm like, everything I do is I'm making sure I'm eating right. I'm sleeping right. I always have the blue light blocking glasses on. Everything's hundred percent dialed mm-hmm. in, but that draws me back. Like maybe I'm not being the most fun boyfriend. Mm. Maybe, you know, all my buddies want to go out and have beers, but I have this, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of on this health and wellness thing. Oh, you, know, example, I'm, yeah. you know, and, it's, and I, it's pulling me away from my relationships with my friends. So I'd rather pull back that and not be a 10 in my health and wellness, maybe make it a Mm 7, which is still pretty damn good. We'll call it an 8. But I still have a little bit of time to go out and like, I'm going to go drink more beer than I should with the buddies just because it feels good and I love them. And having that be a part of my life is as important as being well. Yeah, so it's this dance. Mm. And I don't think there's ever homeostasis. There's never going to be like a perfect balance, right. right? You know, and I think a lot of times, I think what you see in the, I guess, kind of the modern person, it's especially in San Francisco, it's very heavily on professional growth and mm-hmm. financial growth.
0: Right. At the expense of everything else.
1: At the expense of everything else. And sometimes I try to go the other way against that. I'm like, oh, you know, like you don't need to worry about that. Like that shit will all take care of itself. And lately I've been telling myself like, no, that's, that's okay. to Like you can focus on that. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be that way, but still give energy in these other areas, take mm-hmm. care of your health, spend time with people you care about. It's really about finding a, a balance between all these different modalities of life. And I love that exercise and I can't wait to see the numbers because mm-hmm. I'm already thinking about how I would rate certain things. And it changes. Right. Sometimes you're really on point with, in one area and then you kind of need to shift gears a little bit. And
0: Yeah. I find that with my creative life, I will let that drop first. Like I'll get involved in something like, you know, this Lessons Lived project, for example. I guess there's some creativity here, but I have some other creative passions in my life. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I haven't done that in like two months. So if i putting a... Some sort of awareness on all the dimensions that are important to me would probably be a good, yeah. a good exercise.
1: Or then you're just, you know, like something at work gets busy, and all of a sudden you're working ten hours a day, and you're like, shit, I am going gone to the gym all week.
0: Oh man, yeah, that's um, no good.
1: Or I'm eating like shit, and I, you know, I'm just because mm-hmm. you don't have time to, and right. it's it's this like pulling things like, all right, now I got to draw back the work a little bit, like I'm gonna, you know, I need to kind of get that in check and make sure I'm giving my body the right amount of time, and maybe I need to make sure I'm meditating a little more. And I notice that too. I'll go in and out of these very spiritual phases mm-hmm. where I'm. More or less in touch with myself, mm-hmm. and I noticed it. Like I haven't been meditating for the past couple of weeks, and it was last night that I thought, you know what, I'm I'm not. I feel a little untapped. Mm. So this morning, I've been trying to get up between four and four thirty because it's really silent. Right. There's different names for that time. It's like the Ambrosial Hour, the Sattvic Hour. Okay. Different traditions call it a different, have different names for it. But it's a spiritual hour when I like to just sit there and, and meditate and get kind of in touch with myself and the universe and kind of reflect. And sometimes my mind runs all around and I just let it run. Whatever it is, it's a good time for quiet and it helps you to get kind of in touch with yourself a little more. Mm. So that's the direction I'm pulling now. And then, you know, once I'm losing sleep because I'm waking up every morning (laughs) so damn early, then it's like, hey, you need to draw that back a little bit and start getting a little more sleep.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Keep juggling.
0: So finding balance across all dimensions of your life. Yeah. This other lesson, which is creating space in your life. This seems like Super necessary, but I want to know what that means to you. Like, tell me about that.
1: Creating space is something that I'm not very good at. Mm. I'm very Type A. I like to time block my schedule every day. I look at my calendar, and I don't like to see a white space. You know, mm-hmm. it's like different colored box for every single hour of the day. Wow. And what I've noticed with that is I get really efficient at the shit that I'm doing, mm-hmm. but there's no space to let anything else in. Mm. And I find. My creativity, new ideas, possibilities, new thoughts, all that stuff happens when I'm in these almost like vacuums where there's nothing else going on in my mind. And I can't block the time to do that. I've even tried that where I'll say like, hey, I'm going to block two hours to, to not have anything going on. Right. So it's been really about removing things from my life that are taking up maybe too much space hmm. and allowing new things to show up. I've noticed that I'm most creative, and I told you this before we started recording, was when I'm on an airplane. Uh-huh. If I have like a good seven hour flight or something i'm trapped in there to just kind of be bored right and i'm never bored anymore if i get bored i'm always checking email or checking something on instagram or running from here to there whatever it is there's Mm -hmm. so much information they're just creating that space to allow something else to come in you can't
0: welcome new things into your life unless there's space. so you're talking about like basically scheduling in space scheduling in time where you're not committed to anything and you're not distracting yourself with
1: exactly and maybe that's going for a walk without listening to an audio book or a podcast or on a long drive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like go on a long drive and start the drive with your phone battery at 5%. <laughs> like I'm gonna be alone. My friend, Jesse, he said that he, now he commutes from Sebastopol into the city uh-huh. and he has no media, no radio, nothing. You just complete silence in the car. It's like time to be alone, let new thoughts in. Mm. I think that's why it happens a lot with me to travel. I mean, abroad, abroad, like, you yeah, know. Right. You're not necessarily on your phone all the time. You don't really have it with you as much. You're not as plugged in. Yes. And my, I just usually fill my journal up with all these ideas, like business ideas or things I want to do or things I want to work on. And it's about having that space for it to come to you.
0: Wow. I was just thinking about that. That's totally the case. When you travel, like a relaxing vacation, that's not, you know, full of booze and <laughs> exactly and stuff, but you're just kind of out there resting or like kind of recalibrating your, your, your space. Yeah. Like my first time in Peru was just like I was like, Oh my God, like I got so much out of that both times. But Well even lessons lived, I mean Yeah. That yeah, that's the result of a Peru trip. But yeah, that's totally true. We have to make that space. I'm thinking now like all my anything I've ever done that was worth doing probably came to me in a time that I hollowed out or was forced to hollow out or was made for me through circumstances where I wasn't distracted.
1: Yeah. Or just running through your normal daily grind. I mean, like, I started Primal Goods when I broke my ankle and I was in a wheelchair for three months just laying on the couch at my parents' house. Hmm. I couldn't do anything else and I was just kind of
0: sitting there bored. So you started Primal Goods Co. in a time where you were forced to have created space for yourself.
1: Universe, I guess, gave me that time and said, like, hey, you need Mm -hmm. to sit
0: down and... uh, That makes so much sense. Because if you don't give the universe a window with which to speak to you, then it won't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're in meetings all day from 8 o'clock a.m. to 8 p.m., there's no real room for something new to creep in and inspire you.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool.
1: I wish I knew who gave me this metaphor, but it's you can't fill up a cup that's already full. You know, mm. if you have a, a cup and you want to put something new into it, it has to be empty in order to put something new
0: into it. Well, that's a great metaphor. Yeah. You know, it's a great metaphor. So how do you make space for yourself now?
1: I try to say no to more shit. Okay. And I take it, Derek Sivers, who's, I don't even know what he is by trade. He's like a writer. He's just kind of one of these guys who's cool. <laughs> he has a mantra that he lives by. It's either a hell yes or it's a no. So mm-hmm. now I really, and I mean, I slip into it every now and then I'm like, eh, I kind of want to do it. But if it's most things now I ask myself, like, is this a hell yes? Mm-hmm. Because if it's just a half-assed kind of a yes and I do it, I'm going to form the habit of doing half-assed things. Mm. And my life is going to be full of half-assed experiences. And I'd rather it be a lot of empty spaces with some hell yeses right. than a bunch of half-assed things. Because if I'm full of half-asses, I won't have space for the hell yeses. Say that again. It's either a hell yes or it's a
0: no. It's either a hell yes or a no. Okay. I'm going to try and fork on that a little bit myself. Yeah.
1: And you'll notice things. some things you're like, I'm really, really excited about this. But other things that come up, you're like, I don't really want to do it. I mean, maybe I will. I,
0: you know, and it's, you're iffy. Right, right. It's a no. Yeah. Huh. And we have so many opportunities to say yes to so many things that might not bring us joy. Yeah,
1: right. There's never a shortage of things to do. And that's why when you asked me if I wanted to do that, I was like, hell yes, I would
0: love to. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you coming on. Yeah, that was, those are great. I'm going to employ them both. And we were talking about the, uh, the balance wheel or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't have a name for it, but that exercise. I'm going to try and do that today and see where I'm at on those categories that I find important for myself. And I like the, uh, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no.
1: Yeah, and I really like that exercise too, making it quantifiable so I can see, Mm -hmm. because I know where I'm lacking, but I think seeing that number, you know, I have them all like against each other.
0: Yeah, and that's the best thing is to be able to see a quantifiable change. And that's one of the reasons why I like weightlifting and stuff like that, because you know, whatever weight you were lifting yesterday, three months from now, and you write that down, you keep track of it. Three months from now, you know if you're the same or you have improved on that number. Yeah. And lots of times with other kinds of physical activities that aren't so quantifiable, The transition from one state of health to a better state of health is so gradual. You kind of forget where you were. But if you have that record keeping, I think it's so important to do that. Yeah. But it would be good to employ that same methodology in other aspects of our life.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. And with your what we were talking about, I mean, it's across all
0: aspects of your life. It's cool. That's great. Anything else you want to...
1: No, I mean, thanks so much. I mean, I'm so grateful that you're doing this. You've been so instrumental in my spiritual life. I mean, you were my shepherd on the most spiritual experience I've ever had. Mm. And you really opened my mind and you gave me the book, Untethered Soul, Mm. which totally, it's a great book. (laughs) It's a good book. And it's like, if I had to read, if I could only read one book for the rest of my life, it would be that book. Really? Yoni said something the other day that I didn't even remember reading in it. You You need to have unconditional happiness. Like once we start placing all these conditions on our happiness, you set yourself up to be unhappy. Like, oh well I have to feel good and it has to be sunny outside and everyone around me has to be in a good mood. And if you could just be happy unconditionally, it right. makes life a lot easier. So you
0: say make don't make something have to happen for you to be happy.
1: Yeah, like here's my happy circumstances. Yeah. You know? Oh wow. Because how often are you gonna hit all those? Right. And I think the lower and the less circumstances you have or the less things that you the less conditions, sure. The easier it is to be happy.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I want to put, drop that in as the third lesson. Don't make your happiness conditional. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Cool. Well, any other lessons? Because you- oh,
1: Shit. And like <laughs> I told you before we started recording, I'm like so glad you're doing this and there's like an archived feature because I just need to, sometimes I need to just get this shit in front of me, right? right? And it changes. There's new things coming up all the time and I'm so into the idea of growth and developing and learning mm-hmm. more lessons. Yeah. That this is such an amazing
0: forum for that. I hope the website will be successful in that way and capture lots of people's lessons so you can look up One could look up and I'm interested in spirituality and hear what people have to say about that. People who have felt some success or have some way of getting over a a hump or something like that. And they can share that. I hope that that works out good. So Yeah.
1: And you've been such a great teacher in that department. I mean, that's such a big part of health is having some sort of spiritual health and practice. And it was something that I totally neglected until, um, at least consciously, until we went down to Peru you know, I was really into my food and exercise and meditation and that kind of thing, which I I guess there's a spiritual aspect of meditation. It's not just mindfulness, but developing a practice and a mindset around spirituality and even recognizing the presence of spirituality in my life was um, huge.
0: Wow. Huge. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Super happy.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I like what It's terrifying to think that I may not have ever gone to Yoni's podcast club and oh, met you guys who were willing to take a, me down. I'm going to tell
0: that story on some other podcast. You have to. That's a crazy story. I definitely will.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thank
0: you, man. Talk to you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lessons Lib podcast. The Lessons Lib podcast is part of the Lessons Lib project, where our mission is to catalog the lessons of every human being's unique life and disseminate those lessons for humanity's betterment. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. If you have lessons you would share with the world, you can share them now at lessonslib.com, a platform where you can share your life's lessons and learn from others. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send me an email at info at and let me know what you would teach the world. Until next time, I wish you well.